Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome to the show today. Unfortunately, one of our co-hosts, Russell Herman, is playing hooky. Where's he at? Do you guys know? Uh, vacation. He's vacationing Those somewhere. pastors don't even work anyway. I mean, they work like, what, one day a week? And now he's going to get vacation? Now vacation yeah. on top of that. Wow. That's unbelievable. So um, filling in for Pastor Russell is Pastor Matt Marino. How are you doing, brother? Very good. Very good. Now we have a little bit of a history, don't we? Yes, we do. With the well. Yeah. You were the founding pastor over at the well, and you um, discipled me and, and trained me for about eight years, and then you went back to... RTS in Orlando. And what'd you do there? Got my MDiv, and uh, I'm back. It took three years. I was only there for a year and a half, but uh, or a little over a year. But yep, here and now, um, helping out with Jonathan at Dayspring. Yeah, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're pursuing your? Are you pursuing your PhD? Pursuing PhD. I'm at the THM level right now, so that's sort of in the works, uh, trying to get into the PhD program, which they just created in systematic theology at uh, PRTS, Puritan Reform Theological Seminary in Grand Rapids. Matt stepped in when I had cancer and was going through the colon uh, cancer treatment and it uh, was just a wonderful dovetail of uh, somebody coming in, taking um, services for me, and he's been with us since then. We've been enjoying that. Yeah, I bet. Preached last night. It was good. What'd you preach on? It was a Heidelberg Catechism uh, question 103 on the Sabbath. Sweet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right, well, that takes care of our token banter section of the podcast today, right, Phil? I think that adequately covers that. Well, I could banter for another five minutes or so. We probably <laughs> probably better get into this. All substance. right, so we are talking about something really serious um, this morning, and it is the Black Lives Matter slogan or movement. And so let's just talk quickly through the events of the last few months. You guys remember that the COVID lockdowns began in March. Uh, George Floyd was tragically murdered on May 25th, 2020. Then the riots began. Uh, calls have been made since then to defund the police. Uh, brands like Aunt Jemima Syrup have been discontinued. Historical statues have come down all around the country. An autonomous zone was erected in Seattle. A poll was recently taken in which 34% of those polled believe a second civil war will happen within the next five years. It's just like good news after good news, right? Mm -hmm. Like what's going to happen next in 2020? Um, And so it really kind of seems like George Orwell's dystopian future envisioned in 1984 is unfolding kind of right before our eyes. And at the center of all this is a movement called Black Lives Matter. So what we need to do on the, on the broadcast today is we're just introducing it, and then for the next several shows, we're going to be talking about it. So we're not going to be able to say everything today. So let's just start with this. Um, let's distinguish between the slogan Black Lives Matter and the movement Black Lives Matter. So the two, two kind of preliminary questions, what is right or wrong about the slogan, and then what is the Black Lives Matter movement? Well, well, first of all, let me let me jump in and say um, 
Well, well first of all, we'll, we'll acknowledge uh, that there are four white pastors sitting in this, in this studio together, um, and I, I, I can never enter in uh, to the experience of, of being a black person in the United States of America. Uh, but uh, I want to be, to a great extent, I, I want to be uh, as sympathetic as I possibly can be to the ultimate truth uh, that all people are created in the image and likeness of God and uh, that all people uh, are, everybody in the, every person in the world, I'm commanded to love as my neighbor, um, even, if, even if somebody is my enemy, I'm, I'm commanded by my Savior to love them. Um, and have have black lives in our society been treated historically been treated as less than? Yes, uh, yeah, that's part of our part of our tragic, broken, sinful history. Um, but I would want to distinguish between that, and I'm going to punt to somebody else here. I would want to distinguish between that and this slogan. I I do have to say that I'm I, I'm not comfortable in adopting the slogan uh, "Black Lives Matter." But for other reasons, and I want to underline before I go any further, before we go any further, I am definitely seeking to be and and want God to soften my heart toward the experience of those who have been treated as less than because of their race, and that is sin. Um, It calls for repentance, and it calls for reconciliation. Well, I would just say this. I developed a... Four little questions for when people call in, not call in, but when they chat in to Ask Ligonier, which is my other job, I get the question, can I join this cause? And they're talking about BLM. And this is super simple 101 level. I basically say, well, look, ask yourself four questions. Number one, are the terms basic to this group defined biblically? Secondly, is the fruit of this group consistent with the example of Jesus and what he expects of his disciples? Thirdly, am I being condemned by this cause for falling short of its directives in a way that contradicts the finished work of Christ in the gospel? And fourth, does this group's terms and conditions ask me to blur the distinctions between where we can agree in common grace principles and where we disagree on essentials of the faith? And I'm sure there's many more questions you could ask like that, but uh, as we talked about lowercase versus capital, um, Mm -hmm. BLM, what is really being pushed by this group? And I would submit that it's not Black Lives Mattering. It's a particular political agenda that is using blacks and using uh, minorities of different kinds. Amen. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know, we mentioned off air, you know, the, the difference between uh, the uppercase Black Lives Matter, which is a movement, and lowercase letters, you know, to refer to the same thing. We're, we're talking about people made in the image of God, as uh, Phil has mentioned. Uh, we recognize that God has uh, created the nations out of one man. Uh, Adam, all these nations have been created. It's part of his redemptive plan to bring in the nations from every tribe, language, and tongue throughout the world. So, I mean, we're talking about, you know, that, see, people respond negatively when you say all lives matter. When we say black lives matter in a lower case, we're we're actually saying those lives matter every bit as much as every other life. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a cancer, there's a, a cancel culture that has been adopted now where if you respond by saying all lives matter, you're immediately a racist. Right. Which was really the, the Christian church, 
needs to be able to start thinking deeply about these issues. Well, well that's just that's uh, negating the gospel. Yeah. So, the, the whole gospel message is, you know, that we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Yeah. And so, but when we when somebody says, oh, when you say all uh, all lives matter, we're going to cancel your you here. Yeah. We're not going to hear you. Yeah. No. The the gospel is the thing that will change lives so that there's not this racism, uh, ethnicity problem that we have. And if you go to the website, so um, I would just encourage our listeners, there's a couple places you can go. You can go to Black Lives Matter, just Google it, you'll find the main website, or you can go to DC Educators for Social Justice, and what you'll find is that there are like 13 tenets. Uh, you'll also find what we believe concerning Black Lives Matter as a movement, and you'll find uh, points there, there that are decidedly anti-biblical, anti-Christian. So they, they, they call themselves queer-affirming. They call themselves trans-affirming. Their very political stance is openly socialistic. I mean, we, were, we were talking off-air that you know, just a few years ago, if you were labeled a Marxist or a socialist, that was bad, and you would try to defend that. Now, it's, it's almost a a badge of honor to be called such. Yeah, I, w- I would just say, um, first of all, and I think I think many people of goodwill, uh, m- many people who who want to do the right thing, Christians who uh, want to honor God and want to honor the equality of all people, and and uh, want to address historic inequalities, will look at something like uh, BLM. Black Lives Matter, and say, "Wow, you know, this is this is a good cause." But I would just say, uh, look into it, um, and uh, you go to the organizational website, and you'll see that one of their central tenets is that they want to tear down uh, the traditional family. Mm-hmm. They see the idea of a family consisting of a mom and a dad and kids. Uh, an extended family that that's somehow the enemy that 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 needs to be broken down in order that needs to be destroyed in order for there to be what they would call justice in the world. So I would say to the Christian, um, and that and that's just one that's just that's just one aspect of the beliefs of the organization BLM Black Lives Matter. Uh, so I would say to the Christian, uh, be careful what you want to tag on to. Uh, be careful what you want to attach your support to um, and what you want to enthusiastically adore, endorse because behind this, what, what might seem to many to be a benign slogan or, or a self-evidently true slogan, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. attached to that is a giant uh, pi- pile of, yeah, a giant agenda, a giant pile of baggage is what I, what I was going to say. Uh, that is Marxist to its core and anti-Christian to its core, and a completely alien world a worldview that's completely alien to the Bible. If I could circle back here, another motive that should motivate us is the law of God. You know, circling back to cancel culture, I thought of the one example of the Sacramento Kings announcer who said all lives matter, and afterwards when he was fired, he simply said, I had no idea. I was just saying all lives matter. I had no idea that what that meant and so forth. Well, he was fired anyway. From a Christian perspective, cancel culture is a violation of the Eighth and the Ninth Commandment. It's violence against the image of God by canceling, and we could use cute words all we want to, but you are ravaging this person's livelihood and their reputation. Yeah. That's an image of God, too. And it really goes back to what our mothers hopefully taught us, that two wrongs don't make a right. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that um, 
anytime we seek justice in society by by pillaging someone else, this retributive uh, retributive uh, mob justice, it's not simply payback. It's 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 sidestepping justice altogether and blaming uh, or or pillaging someone else who looks like someone else who did it. And that'll get into the definition of racism. So I can I can wait for that. But anyway, I just say it's a violation of God's law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I liked your. So you you had four questions that you give in your um, linear ask, ask linear, and one of them was what testing the fruit of it and see if it's consistent with the fruit of Christ. Mm-hmm. Can you talk through that real quick? We have about a minute and a half. Well, one of them, and I know this could be controversial because some people will say, "Well, it was a peaceful movement and it was hijacked by radicals and stuff like that," and, and that's fine. You can you can argue that all you want to, but if you're if you're going on um, I was going to say pillaging again, but but and that is what is happening. But if you're going to violently protest, you know, there's a big difference between speaking the truth to power, which we can use examples in the New Testament. Jesus and Paul and Peter and John, you can use verses from John 18 uh, for Jesus or Acts 4 with Peter and John or several times Paul appealed to his Roman citizenship. And, th- and that's one thing. But it's another thing to commit violence, uh, you know, go through the streets and, 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 you know, set fire target or to Wendy's or something like that. To make your point, um, you know, somebody has said, and I'm not suggesting this, but why aren't these people going, you know, burning Planned Parenthood or uh, government buildings? Why are they uh, attacking other people's business in their own community? Yeah. yeah. So this this is, uh, that's that's not the fruit of Jesus. That's right. So one of the things we're calling you to, list, dear listener, this morning is just simply this. The scripture says in 2 Thessalonians 5.21, test everything and hold fast to what is good so we're just calling you to not only test our words but test what you see in culture right now according to what the scripture says that's the final authority not politicians not popular culture not hashtags so please do that and we will continue this conversation tomorrow on on black lives matter this is a gospel for life 